doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, sit me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Wait a second, that's not Tom. Uh, sorry, uh, no Tom this week, uh, but we do have the Network One. Welcome to the next episode of Fantasy Fuel. How we doing, Network? We doing all right. We doing all right. 2020 has did its number on us. We go right to ship at some point. Oh, I sure hope so. It's uh, It's been a crazy one. And it just don't stop in the NFL either. We got to start off talking about the new news from the Tennessee Titan camp. Three new player positives and five new personnel positives for COVID-19. They are all actual confirmed positives. It sounds like it's been contained, but we've got a few days of holding our breath. What say you, Network? (laughs) Prior to the show, you mentioned the new news that was coming up, and I had no idea because I actually blocked it out of my mind. I did see something like that come up, and I think, did they they say they were moving a game to Monday? That was a possibility. I don't think anything's been confirmed yet, but I'm okay with that as long as everybody is safe and sound and all that good stuff. We'll just get two more Monday night games for another week. That will not affect us in the fantasy world whatsoever, but if they have to start moving games and giving us an unexpected bye week, now people are going to start losing their minds. So let's hope it does not come to that. And and let's hope that the floodgates haven't opened and we start seeing more of this. For the most part, the NBA and the NFL has been pretty clean. As far as people like leaving when they wasn't supposed to bubble wise, yeah. but it's going to be a lot harder to do in the NFL being that there's so much travel and they can't necessarily keep an eye on so many players as such. But hopefully, like you said, it's a couple of players and some staff members. I don't know what the incubation period is to be like um, religiously testing every player on the two teams that's going to be facing each other and the, the teams that they faced last week because moving forward those two teams they finna play each other again and that's where you know the spread right. begins uh it was the titans and vikings that played this last week there have been no cases reported by the vikings so that is a very good sign that it wasn't anybody on the field that didn't know about it until after uh, i know there was one coach that tested positive on Saturday. He did not go with the team. He was not on the sidelines during the game. So it it sounds like their protocols have been working very well. And, again, let's just pray that this stays under control. Um, That being said, let's talk about some actual fantasy football stuff here. And uh, I teased it a little bit last week. We want to talk about some trends. We've got three weeks now full of games. And everybody knows a trend consists of three values in a row. How do they relate to each other? So let's go down. We're going to go position by position for a few minutes here and talk about the guys that have been consistent, the guys that have been inconsistent, maybe getting better. And you have to start with 
the most consistent guy who's been scoring the most amount of points at the quarterback position, Russell Wilson. I know I had him ranked higher than everybody else when we did our rankings. Everybody had Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson one or two in some order. You couldn't go into 2020 without those guys as your top two. But that being said, Russell Wilson is far and above the number one quarterback right now, and he has done it every single week. How much longer can he keep doing this network? Probably as long as he has, like, this hidden chip on his shoulder. Because I, <laughs> right? I heard somebody say, like, he's never had an MVP vote. Yeah. Did you? Is that, never. Is that facts? I believe that is a fact. Well, you can't really say Russell Wilson and, like, he's on pace to pass for 74.7 touchdowns this year. <laughs> and no you can't say his name without seeing Josh Allen, somebody, a favorite from the Fantasy Fuel. Oh, yeah. Um, they're 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 performing at a level in a time that there's no such thing as defense. Look at these scores that's being scored. It's insane. And we went into this year and Tom Tuttle, he had Josh Allen as his number three quarterback behind Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I had Russell Wilson as my number three quarterback. I don't remember uh who your number three quarterback was uh offhand, but it's those two guys Russell Wilson has done had games like this before, but Josh Allen, up until this year, had not had a 300-yard passing game, and everybody has questioned Josh Allen's ability to accurately throw the football and be consistent and throw for enough yards in a game to win a game for the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, two weeks into this season, Josh Allen is still being scrutinized. Oh, yeah, but he did it against the Dolphins and the Jets. So what? Well, guess what? He turned on week three, and he did it against the L.A. Rams, and he had to come back after taking a comfortable lead and his defense letting that lead go. He came back and won that game, and he looked like he was supposed to do it, and he did it. So please, three straight 300-yard games, one of those being a 400-yard game, all sorts of touchdowns. Can we kind of step back and stop criticizing Josh Allen for what he was last year and the year before and appreciate him for what he is now, a top-flight fantasy football quarterback. I like him taking it by the handles, getting all up in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think him knowing the um, AFC East was his to be taken Oh yeah, and him, him seeing that as an opportunity to set his flag and – he got, you know, Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Coles Beasley, a, a pair of um, a nice pair of backs there. He, he's seizing the moment right now, just like Russell Wilson is. He's coming out here and he has to do what he's doing because there is no defense in Seattle. No, no not, nobody's stopping. No, nothing there. No, it's it's high scoring games all around. And luckily for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson can keep up with any offense in this National Football League right now. All right, well, number three in quarterbacks still being very consistent, although uh, he started off with just an okay game in week one and had a a good game week two and then kind of tore it up last night. Patrick Mahomes with a 50-point game uh, in the flag league. So he did what he was supposed to do. I was, in my opinion, 
not surprised at the outcome of the Chiefs and Ravens game. For whatever reason, the Chiefs have Lamar Jackson's number. They know how to defend him. I don't know if this is maybe Andy Reid knowing how to defend a quarterback that can run the ball. Now Lamar Jackson is not uh, anywhere close to Donovan McNabb in the same abilities. Lamar Jackson is far more athletically gifted than Donovan McNabb was, but maybe because Andy Reid has been such a good quarterback coach over the years, maybe he just knows how to defend guys that have that little quirk to him that is not the just you know average quarterback. Um, so speaking of Lamar Jackson, he's actually gotten worse every week of the season so far. I don't expect that to keep happening, but he had a great week one, an okay week two, and he was not very good in week three, although he was just good enough to get enough points to beat me in the content creator league by one point this week. I saw him doing bad enough. I was like, please, please let this be just enough. But the guy also had Tyreek Hill. And that's what overdid it for me. And I was like, oh, I get the bad week out of Lamar Jackson, and I still can't get the W. So I'm, I'm a little sad about that one. I, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Lamar, though, it's one of those things where being on, like, a Monday night football game like that and showing, uh, like, dents in the armor, you know, like, mm-hmm. Andy Reid seems to know or have a number. And I think that's that's a good point that you made there. But having it, the rest of the league see how to do it, it, it can't be helpful. They're going to have to diversify in their offense and not try to do exactly what they did last year. They're no, they're no secret. They're going to run the ball. They're going to eat the clock. you got to make them uncomfortable. But he's, this is very early. This is week three, no preseason. we got one more week, and then the season starts, if you think about it. Like, these... What you're seeing right now is not going to be, and that's with any season. Come week 10, everything is going to get more to the normal, if there ever will. I'm glad you brought that up because that is something I wanted to get to eventually was these first three weeks, though we're looking at trends, they may not be trends uh, as a normal season would be because you're right, we didn't get a preseason. So there's a lot of maybe some hiccups and some uh, some rust being shaken off still but we still have to look at the numbers as if they were a trend because these games did count and they're going to keep counting. So we have to see what's there. Um, it, there is a lot of uh, similarities in these top like seven guys uh, in, in the flag league. The top seven guys are Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, who has been very good offensively, though the Cowboys quite easily could be an 0-3 football team. Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, and Cam Newton are the top seven guys in the flag fantasy football league. And what do these guys all have in common these first few weeks? I mean, other than guys like Patrick Mahomes that can do it all and sling it, and Russell Wilson doing what he's doing, there's a lot of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns between those seven guys. And it would probably be an even bigger disparity from this league to another, if you are only playing four-point passing touchdowns and six-point rushing touchdowns, there is a lot to be said about the rushing quarterback this year. I don't know if this is because of the whole COVID thing and not having an, uh, an off season to work with. Maybe they're just 
the plays are breaking down because we're not used to our offenses. A lot of these new guys, we talked about this. You and I had a whole episode where we talked about this. They're not going to be used to each other. So maybe plays are breaking down and guys aren't getting open because they're not used to the route progressions and things like that. So quarterbacks are taking off and running a lot. This is why Kyler Murray, though he didn't have a great game visually against the Lions this last week, they lost. The Cardinals lost to the Lions, but Kyler Murray still got his points. He's been 30-plus, 30-plus, a 28 game in the flag league, so that you can't ask for much more out of your quarterback than to be that consistent. But some of these eye tests don't look very good as far as passing yards and touchdowns go, but these guys are getting it done on the ground, and guess what? That's all that matters when it comes to fantasy football. So if you took a chance with a guy like Cam Newton – you're doing all well. All, you're doing really well, even though he didn't have the greatest of games. They didn't need to against your uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders um, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, what do you think? Uh, you think this is a trend that could continue for the rest of this season, where these rushing quarterbacks are just going to keep getting those points on the ground? Um, for the most part, a lot of these these teams is mi- missing valuable pieces on the defense. I think the quarterbacks see or take Aaron Rodgers, for example, playing out of his mind. How many times did he draw the defensive line off sides oh. because there isn't a crowd? That's like awesome. He's done it five <laughs> times for a first down in the first three weeks. I think and I may be underselling that, but that is just a great quarterback using his resource. And he'll do it with, with a, a packed crowd, but because there isn't one, his cadence is yes. so good, and he's able to use that. So we're seeing trends like that, like the rushing trends. So, so are some of these crafty quarterbacks enjoying these players offside. Yes, I have seen a bunch of that outside of Aaron Rodgers, though he is one of the best in the league to draw that offsides penalty, but I have seen it a lot. There's been a lot of third and fours where you see it come out just a little bit more and you're like oh the defense really you know it's third and four you gotta hold your ground and they're still jumping but yeah no crowd or very little crowd noise it's gonna be a lot easier um let's look down the list a little bit here just a few quarterbacks that are are in middle of the pack but they're doing okay guys like deshaun watson they're owing three there in houston but he's still doing okay fantasy wise as long as you didn't spend too high of a pick on him. Drew Brees, kind of the same thing, and he's he's doing okay without his boy, Michael Thomas. Hopefully they won't be without him too much longer. I know that's not a, that's not good for a lot of people. Uh, Derek Carr has been kind of all over the place. He's had a 16-point game, a 30-point game, a 23-point game. So if you're relying on him as, you know, like a super flex option, it's going to be hard to know exactly what you're going to get out of him. Unfortunately, I have to talk about Carson Wentz. He finally had an okay game fantasy-wise this week, but it has been a struggle, and I got Carson Wentz late in a couple of leagues, and I was happy, obviously, because I'm an Eagles fan, but... It um, it's starting to get to that point where I might have to think about making a change. And there's some guys up there, and one of those guys who came in didn't even play a full game and got 25 fantasy points is Nick Foles. What do you think about Nick Foles 
with that Bears offense, now, of course, minus Tariq Cohen, which sucks because that would be a needed piece for a guy like Nick Foles to keep a defense honest. Well, they have Cordell Patterson. I'm interested to see if he's going to very play, much play so. some kind of hybrid hybrid role. But I was, I'm not going to let it just slide by like that. I was a Matt <laughs> Trubisky truther, mm. and I put him in my top 30. And I, I know, I know you remember. I remember. So <laughs> Nick Foles is back, and he's going to get under under center and make some magical things happen because he didn't actually play really well. <laughs> I, I from what I've seen, he did enough, but it. it, it, it the um the Falcons they played the Falcons correct yes and the Falcons have blown up themselves it, it, it's it's almost unbelievable like how can this one team blow such large leads in so many different ways I mean, you go all the way back to that Patriots Super Bowl. They're up 28-3, to all the confidence in the world, and they just get chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And, of course, it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They're going to figure out a way to get back into the game. But then against the Cowboys, they just let the Cowboys have an onside kick for no reason. This is your onside kick team. They're there for a reason. All those guys out there are your best hands guys and your smart guys, and they were not smart at all, and they let that lead vanish, and they handed the game to the Cowboys. And then against the Bears, they they had the game in hand. They put in a quarterback who probably hasn't had many real reps with these offensive guys, and he just chucked the ball, and the defense sucked so bad that they just let score after score happen. This, how yeah. can they lose that many different ways? It, it boggles my mind. Backyard football. <laughs> yes. Nicky Falls. He came out there. But the one thing about Nick, I don't think it's going to be last long, last very long, because he's going to stay in that pocket. He's going to take all those hits. He he doesn't have no no fear. Like he's going to stand tall, and he's uh-huh. going to somebody's going to come in here and rock his bell, and Matt Trubisky will be back. That's just a prediction of mine. Uh-huh. I hope it doesn't. I, nobody wants an injury to happen, but right. watch I, from what I've seen. <laughs> like he's going to he's going to stand in there, and he's going to take some hits, and well, he's always had something happen, like some kind of injury. He's not the most mobile of quarterbacks, so it's not like he has a choice to run outside the pocket like Russell Wilson and make a play happen. He stands there until the last possible second and finds that guy deep downfield. It, it I don't know how he does it, but he does it again. He comes off the bench. He's like kind of like the new Ryan Fitzpatrick where he just comes in and saves the day. This is the earliest he's come into a season uh, you know, since he won the Super Bowl you know, for the Eagles, but it's the earliest he's come back into the starting role. Hopefully, he can keep it going. It's weird to see him in a Bears uniform as an Eagles fan, and it's weird because I'm probably going to be rooting for the Bears for the rest of this season, as long as he is a starting quarterback, because I love Nick Foles so much, and I am in Packer country, so it's if if he takes the Bears to a playoff berth, I will buy a Nick Fares, Nick Foles, Foles Bears jersey. I promise Wait. you I'll wear it on stream, and it is going to look weird. He has a, a good defense, but like you said, they just lost Tariq Cohen. Yeah. So that's going to be costly. they got to find something out of that running game. If Cordell Patterson can make something happen, I don't know who else is on that roster fantasy wise. Who else are we picking up? Oh man, there's not much really that 
comes to mind. Uh, I would say right now, and of course, every, it's on everybody's mind with the new quarterback change and Tariq Cohen out, but you got to look at maybe trying to trade for David Montgomery if people are still not too high on him because you know what? Let's just go right over into running backs. That was going to be our next one anyway. We'll see. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll roll with the punches. We'll look at David Montgomery right now. He is ranked... Uh, he's got about the 20th most points in the flag scoring system. He had a great um, week two, and he's had just okay weeks one and three. So maybe that's a guy that people aren't 100% high on yet that you might not have to give up a lot of capital for, but he is definitely going to get the lion's share of the carries and now maybe even some uh, receptions out of the backfield if they don't go out and pick anybody up because obviously DeFonta Freeman got picked up by the Giants and there's there's not a whole lot else out there that uh, you can pick up you know off the streets so what do you think about David Montgomery going forward do you think he's going to get targeted too much by the defense or do you think with Nick Foles slinging it he might actually get to open up and maybe we see more draw plays out of David Montgomery where the defense is caught off guard and he gets more chunks and maybe he doesn't get as many carries but he makes more out of the carries he has well we can hope I don't, I, in 24 fantasy teams I'm participating in I have not one <laughs> single piece of Montgomery um, I don't I, without like having I don't know if he has bell cow um, tendencies or potential, but uh, yeah, uh, the eye test is that he's never passed it for me personally. And that offense or just a team within itself doesn't, I, I can only deal with a Tariq Cohen in PPR because I know he's going right. to get some catches, but he has been lackluster and I hope he gets well soon. Yep. Uh, I've always liked Tariq Cohen, but last year tom and i pivoted on Tariq cohen for whatever reason we just weren't feeling great about him in fantasy like because you needed to take a fifth or a sixth round pick and use it on Tariq cohen if you wanted him last year and he was for sure not worth that much capital uh that's where i was getting david montgomery this year i've got him in two or three leagues so I'm hoping going forward he is going to be the man. Uh, I was just looking at his stats here. Uh, he's had 13 attempts, 16 attempts, 14 attempts, and then three targets each game. So he's been getting anywhere between 16 and 19 touches, and that's okay, but that's not really bell cow back uh standards. So I'm hoping he gets more. The Bears are three and oh so you would think wow. that may yeah. it sounds weird to say that but maybe they are going to lean on him a little bit more maybe that opens up the play action for nick Foles. I, i'm very excited to see if nick Foles can make it happen for another team i was rooting for him to start before the season and that didn't happen and guess what the bears have already changed their mind so here we are moving forward uh, let's look at some other running backs. It's been an odd first three weeks for running backs because there's not many that have been consistent all three weeks. Zeke is probably about the most consistent. Him and Dalvin Cook have gotten their points. Even that absolute horrid week two for the Vikings, Dalvin Cook still got a decent amount of fantasy points. And then you got guys like Alvin Kamara 
who have gone off for two weeks. So he is by far and above the number one guy right now because why? Christian McCaffrey is gone and Saquon Barkley got hurt already. So it's going to be a new guy at the top of the list this year. Who knows if that'll mean Christian McCaffrey next year will be the number one overall pick. Maybe people will be a little gun shy on him getting hurt again. And then you got guys like Aaron Jones who've had two okay games and one monster game. You're going to have him in your lineup, so you're going to get those points. And then you got guys like Josh Jacobs who absolutely went off week one and then kind of petered off a little bit in week two, still did okay, and barely got double digits in week three. Um, what's up with Josh Jacobs, Mr. Raider? Um, I kind of like um, talked about this on the Back Show Raiders podcast. Check it out, y'all. Um, but the the way they're using them and um, like – it's the Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs show pretty much. Um, he's he's we know last year I think he made it through thirteen games before his shoulder gave out. Um, he's never had that kind of workload. Even date um, going back to college, you know they had studs um, at Bama, correct? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's their play style is isn't diverse enough to spread the ball around. And last week against the Saints, Darren Waller had 13 catches. The The next following person had three. Um, Brian Edwards is down. Henry Ruggs is down. We're bringing people in off the street at this point. And Hunter Renfro is now our number one. <laughs> Go Hunter! Oy vey. <clears throat> but to, to mention about um, Barkley and McCaffrey, being that they got injured so early in the season, um, we should have good news coming out. Um, um, there should be a preseason. We hope next year. <laughs> we sure hope so. Um, but I don't. I don't see anybody, depending on news wise, picking them with the first two picks as of what all the information, the non trends we're seeing right, right now. Uh, and then you got guys like James Robinson who have gotten better every single week. He has l- just leaned into a bell cow type role. It's not a million touches. Um, Seventeen touches week one or 16 touches, you know, he had 17 touches because he had only one target but one catch. He had uh, 19 touches week two, and he had 17 touches week three, but six of those were catches for 83 yards, plus he added two rushing touchdowns on top of that. So, granted, yes, week three was against the Dolphins on that amazing Thursday night game, which actually was better than a lot of Thursday night games have been, but... He, how lucky have some people gotten to have James Robinson as a waiver wire pick or a really late round? Oh, I'll just take one of those Jacksonville guys and hope I get lucky. I only took Divina Zigbo in one league as a really late guy, and then I slapped him on the IR and was hoping maybe he would come back. But what have you seen with James Robinson? I see someone who is actually. Even if Leonard Fournette had not left, I think James Robinson is performing better in a PPR. You would have preferred to have James Robinson. And that says a lot. Undrafted, he's out there with nothing to lose. He looks so skilled and intelligent when you see. You know, when you take a eye test of so many players, it's like he's been here a while. 
You sure? Check his ID. That's that guy right. that's getting in the club. You be like, make sure. Wait a minute. Hold on. You're too old to be in here. Oh no, no, no. You you young. All right. Well, I like I like what what we got going on over here in Jacksonville with that young man and Gordon Mitchell. I think you said earlier Nick Foles is the the new uh, Ryan's Fix Magic. I think it's Gardner Minshew. Yeah. <laughs> he has definitely got younger. the personality to yep. step up for Ryan Fitzpatrick when if he ever decides to retire from the National Football League. But he says he wants to keep playing because he's still having fun. He's still scoring points, and I love to see that out of a guy. Um, we've got some other guys like uh, that started off slow, and it was because they got blown out in first week. But anybody who got sad about Nick Chubb in week one, I sure hope you didn't do something stupid and get rid of him after a bad week one because Nick Chubb has been the man in the last two weeks. And they still had room for Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt right now is the number 13 overall quarterback. And now I know I said Nick Chubb was going to be, you know, a top five back and that Kareem Hunt wasn't going to phase him. Well, I was still kind of right. I just didn't think Kareem Hunt was also going to be as effective as he was. I, I know Tom was high on Kareem Hunt. Uh, and then you sneak some guys in there like Jarek McKinnon. After all the injuries in San Francisco, did somebody out there pick up Jarek McKinnon and get lucky and actually play him in the last couple of weeks? Because he has been making the absolute most of a very minuscule amount of touches. That's what I want to bring up with Jarek McKinnon. He has gotten 15, 21, and 19 points in this league, and he's done that on 26 touches. That is nothing. He had three carries for 77 yards and a touchdown in week two, and then everybody got hurt, so he gets 14 carries, only 38 yards, but gets a touchdown and three catches for 39 yards in week three. So he has done as much as he could possibly do with those catches, but if somebody is trying to get him from you right now, please listen to all offers because as soon as Raheem Mostert is back, as soon as Tevin Coleman is back, He's going to get almost nothing in that run game and pass game. So, please, Jarek McKinnon, he is going to be a flash in the pan. I, <laughs> oh, I beg to differ. Oh, to here differ. we go. <laughs> because the game when they all got hurt, Jarek McKinnon had a role. It wasn't as huge, but he got he, he scored a touchdown. It was a, a third down and what was it, 33? Oh, yes. he and, was. That was against the Jets. <laughs> Anybody can do uh, that against the Jets. Uh, you play him against uh, the Jets if he has to play him again, but that ain't going to uh, happen. So, well, well, <laughs> look into what Tevin Coleman injury is because um, uh, Raheem Mostert has shown or was said to be not a pass catching back, and he he, he showed them. Oh yeah, but Jerry McKinnon brings a different aspect. I think they even can move him out to the slot, and it, he's the one that's making all the money. So I and he's before he looked he's talking about passing the eye test. Um Jared McKinnon looks good. So Jeff Wilson is probably gonna lose some touches when yes. Monsters come back for sure. But Tevin Coleman might be out for three weeks. I don't think he's out out. He's IR out. Yeah. And it's it's all about in that playing the hot hand. That gives uh, Jared McKinnon at least two more weeks to show how much he needs to be a part of this office. And don't forget they don't how long Doyle's out. Um, he, he's going to be one of those guys that is questionable almost every week of the season. So that's why I'm thinking at this point, maybe Phillip Rivers is like, hey, guess what? This is 
the guy that is out there and I'm going to trust him more and I'm going to get more reps with him and I'm going to throw the ball his way because he's there and he's reliable. As much as I've liked Jack Doyle over the years, he's not exactly been a reliable receiver and a guy to Baby be on the is. field. Yes. Uh, I do have a question for you, Network. Um, not that I like the situation, but uh, what about Dallas Goddard? What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I spoke too soon. I thought I would be doing a victory lap, but due to injury, we'll see. When he comes back, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of targets. Oh, yeah. But his injuries seem like he's going to be out a while, maybe three to four weeks, maybe even five. I'm not dropping him. No, no. Please don't drop him. If you got an IR spot, throw him on there because the Eagles' receiving situation, whether it be tight ends or receivers, is just awful again this year. The injury bug has crushed them. Zach Ertz has been fairly consistent, so thankfully we still have him. Um, But as far as Dallas Goddard goes, Luckily, the the bright side of this injury is that it wasn't one of those high ankle sprains. It was a fracture, which I know fracture sounds like a horrible word, but a fracture just means a crack in the bone. It doesn't mean that he split his bone in two or anything like that. So they're guessing. It, it said a while. I know that article said a while, but then they're talking about, yeah, maybe three to four weeks. When I hear it's going to be a while, I'm not thinking three weeks down the road. I'm thinking like eight games away, like he's coming back. So, again, don't drop him. Stash him if you can. I mean, if you absolutely have to give up a spot because you need something, I guess go ahead and drop him from now and maybe uh, target him, pick him back up before he's ready to come back if you can afford that roster spot uh, because I he has looked amazing when he wasn't yeah. injured on the field. Then you got guys like Hayden Hurst, who has been kind of, eh. I mean, we were ranting and raving about him a little bit before the season, and it wasn't so much Hayden Hurst. It's been the situation and the Atlanta offense. This last week, he only had three targets, only one catch. Thank goodness it was for a touchdown if you were playing him, so you got some points out of him. But week two, he had eight targets for five catches and 72 yards and a touchdown. That's what we were expecting out of him. But so far, he has not been consistent. So if you have other options, it might be best to go with him until you can see a little more out of him. And then um, you got guys like C.G. Uzoma, who got hurt at the end of week two. He looked like he was going to be a target monster for Joe Burrow. He's already done. And then you got guys like Tyler Croft who had zero, zero, and then scored a couple of touchdowns for the Ram- or for the Bills, and he almost looked like one of Josh Allen's favorite red zone targets. I don't know how that came about. I will say I have Tyler Croft on exactly one team that is a tight end premium league. I was not playing him, but he is there stashed away. So if for some reason this trend continues, that could be a real diamond in the rough and as far as disappointment goes we got a couple of guys down this list austin hooper even with david and joku out austin hooper has done almost nothing 
And another guy that was at the end of our list, Chris Herndon, granted Sam Darnold and the Jets have looked absolutely horrible. Um, Chris Herndon's done nothing, and you would think with all the receivers out for the Jets that he would be getting more looks, and it just it just hasn't worked out that way. So yeah. uh, if, go ahead. Evan Ingram has been a huge disappointment. Oh, no yes. Saquon, no um, – uh, not Christian Kirk, uh, Shepard. Uh, I think Tate missed a game, and he is just still having. He's still sitting in the parking lot, rolling one up or something. something. What is going on with him, man? Both New York teams have just been awful, and you would think as bad as the Giants have been, they'd be chucking the ball up, trying to come back, and those guys would be getting more targets. Darius Slate and Golden Tate, Evan Ingram. You'd think they'd be getting something, even in garbage time, and it just hasn't been happening. All right, we got you some trends. Hopefully good trends for you, but we will be monitoring the bad trends. And uh, in a couple of weeks here, uh, we will be talking. And if Network wants to join us, we want to talk about some trade targets. If you're in the mix of things and you see some guys that might be trade targets, that's what I want to go. A couple of years ago when Andrew Luck was still in the league, that was one of my favorite picks. I was like, He's had a rough start to this this year, but if you trade for him after about week four, he's got a great schedule down the line. And after four or five weeks, we can kind of see that actual strength of schedule and the good teams and the bad teams. These first three weeks of the year, we don't necessarily know who the good defenses and who the bad defenses are. So in a couple of weeks, we'll do some a major trade targets but for right now, we will end the show with some matchups. We'll talk about each game really quick. And I got to start with the amazing Thursday night game, the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets. How exciting is this going to be, especially since we have yet another new quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Brett Rippon is going to be starting for the Denver Broncos. Can you even... Think about playing guys like Jerry Judy and Noah Fant when they're sneaking Brett Rippon and at quarterback. I know we're not playing any Jets players. I mean, there's no real point in any of that. But we were playing Broncos players. Even with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, we were playing these guys. Can we do it this week with Brett Rippon at quarterback? It's all in the name. It's a name game, baby. <laughs> I, I say, um, who was you firing up? Your Melvin Gordons and Philip Lindsay might be back this week. I hope so. Um, you got to fire up your fans. He's top 10. Um, other, other than that, there's no sudden. I like KJ Hamler, but we got to see what Ripken brings to the table. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you've got better options, I suggest putting them in. Noah Fant is hard to take out of the lineup, especially with the tight end position being kind of scarce. But if you have another option, I think I would go with it, especially with that Thursday night stigma. It's usually a stinker of a game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So, yeah, let's um, hope that we're wrong, but uh, I'm going to fade pretty much everybody in that Thursday night game, especially since Denver and New York are like the number one and three teams right now that are 
the odds of getting the number one overall pick in next year's draft. It's 2020. Ripken <laughs> might get out there and rip it. He might. He might. He might. Uh, he might. Then we got. Uh, it is the Jets, right? It is the Jets. I mean, okay. look it. <laughs> Mark it. It is. Oh, man. If you play some DFS and you start some Broncos players and you get lucky, man, this could be your week. All right, we've got Nick Foles versus the Colts and a former coach of his, Frank Reich. So will Frank Reich be able to nail down Nick Foles because he's already had that opportunity to know and his gameplay? Chicago's been doing well. Indianapolis has been doing well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's going up against a decent defense. Moali Cox. There's there's some guys in this game that you're gonna want to get into your lineup, but how confident are you in any of these players? Allen Robinson, are you are you playing Jimmy Graham after a big game, or do you think that was a fluke? I have to stick with Allen Robinson for sure. I'm I, I like what I've seen. Foles is actually gonna throw it up there and give him a, a, a chance, and it's gonna be repetitive. I hope ten target game. I believe he had. Um, yeah, I want all of that. Nobody. I'm fading the Anthony Millers. No Jimmy G. How about uh, T.Y. Hilton? How comfortable are you comfortable with T.Y. I mean, are you? No? I think it's going to turn around, but I want to see it first. I have T.Y. in a couple of leagues. It just doesn't seem like he has chemistry with Rivers yet. Um, I really like the Paris Campbell. Is Michael Pittman hurt? I heard somebody say that. And yes. Crumbled. He did get hurt. I don't remember the extent of the injury, but... They were targeting him a ton in that he Jets just, game because they didn't need to, you know, have their star guys out there anymore. And it seems to backfire on them when he got hurt. So we'll monitor that one. Uh, then we got. I played him last week. Did you really? Wow. Yep. Uh, then we got Jacksonville at Cincinnati. That's actually a very interesting one. I'm hoping Joe Mixon can get a game going. Obviously, you're not benching James Robinson for any reason. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you're going to make sure to get him in the lineup from now on, right, Network? What are we doing with Keenan Cole? Yes, I'm going to get Tyler Boyd in. <laughs> what are we doing with Keenan Cole? Well, I mean, is he the new Shark? Is Shark out? He, he wasn't impressive last week, but he looked like he did, what was that, two years ago? Maybe three years ago? Yeah, uh, let me see if I can find uh, DJ Chark. He is pretty far down the list as far as points go, I think. There he is. I just wanted to see how many targets. Yeah, see, he only had three and four targets in weeks one and two, and he did enough with those targets. He caught all of his targets. He had a touchdown in the three-catch game, and he had 84 yards in the four-catch game. So I'm not out, out on DJ Chark. But somehow, some way, they got to get him more targets. And I don't know that Keelan Cole is going to be able to continue. I don't know. I, I have never been a giant Keelan Cole fan, but he's he's been getting the targets. So you, you got to look at those trends. That's what we were talking about. You got to look at those trends. If he's going to continue to get these targets, you got to pay attention. All right, we've got Cleveland at Dallas. This is a very interesting matchup because Cleveland is still a Jekyll and Hyde team. Week one, they get absolutely destroyed. Then they finally get to unleash Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and they look great. Dallas's defense hasn't been great. 
there's a lot of offense that could be in this game. This might be one of those DFS games where you're like, you know what, I'm going to take a bunch of Dallas guys, I'm going to take a bunch of Cleveland guys, and hope it's a another 40-39 to 39 game, and we're going to get points all around. So I, I am okay putting pretty much anybody into the lineup from this game. Is there anybody that you think we shouldn't play between Cleveland and Dallas? Fire up your Miles Garrett and your Alden Smith. Right. IDP for sure. For Let's sure. not forget that. They are both killing it right now, looking like they're playing with like like children sometimes on the field. A very exciting to watch. I am playing all my Kareem Hunt, all my Chubb. I'm not touching anything else on Cleveland. On Dallas, you got to fire up your Dak, your Zeke, your Gallup, your Cedric Wilson. No, I'm kidding. But that guy played his heart out last week. And you got to fire up Amari Cooper. Yeah. You, you can fire up everything Dallas because they go, they go put up a ton of points. And you're, they can probably support their floors for every one of their offensive players is good enough to play. Sure is. All right, we got New Orleans at Detroit. There is a bunch of – there's a lot of guys that we like on these teams. Oh, wait, wait. Are you playing Dalton Schultz? So you're playing the tight end for Dallas. You I know, over him. because of some of the other uh, matchups this week, Dalton Schultz is a guy that I would not mind getting in there. You know, if you've got Noah Fant and Dalton Schultz, I might lean Dalton Schultz this week. If you got somebody like – Mo Alley Cox or guy like that, and you got Dalton Schultz, maybe Dalton Schultz this week because Chicago does have a decent defense. So there are definitely a lot of matchups here that if you have one or the other, I might lean Dalton Schultz. Okay, next matchup. Uh, New Orleans at Detroit, a couple of teams that have kind of underperformed a little bit. Maybe this is the game where they both get it up and going. Matt Stafford could use a big game. He hasn't done anything major, but he hasn't had Kenny Galladay for uh, but one game, and he got him a touchdown this last week. So maybe that gets them going. And New Orleans, obviously, I, I think they're still going to be without Michael Thomas. I don't, I haven't heard hundred percent yet. But if they get Michael Thomas back, uh, I think that gives a boost to pretty much everybody else. If not, it is Alvin Kamara all the way, and everything else kind of maybe pump the brakes on because uh, we talked about Emmanuel Sanders being off and on. Traquan Smith hasn't showed up yet. And then Detroit, have we gotten any faith in any one running back from Detroit yet? It seems like it's a different guy every week. Yeah, yeah, you can get, you can get a Florida Adrian Peterson. You're firing up Galladay. Your um, Marvin Jones has been lackluster, but maybe he needs his Batman to be his sure. Robin. Um, uh, Latavius Murray has actually been out carrying Camara, so in deep leagues, uh, you can throw him in as a flex for a four play if you have um, no better options. And Jared Cook um, is questionable, but he, this seems like his game. Um, a game he comes out and, and does something amazing against the Lions and that defense there just feels like it's Cook's day. Yeah, let me look up Jared Cook's numbers because I think I was surprised. I think he had one really good game or a decent game, uh, Jared Cook. Oh, yeah, he started off week one. He was all right. I was like, oh, okay. But since then, he's gotten less and less targets every game. 
I don't know why that would be with Michael Thomas out. You'd think a guy like that would be getting more targets, especially, you know, down in the red zone area. But he's a guy I've always been hesitant on. Uh, But this particular week, I mean, they're playing in a dome no matter where they're at. It's in Detroit. So maybe they can get it together. And, again, it might be a lackluster tight end week. So we might have to look at some of these other options like Jared Cook. Then you got Pittsburgh at Tennessee. If it gets played, if it gets moved, um, there's a lot of guys uh, offensively that we've been playing. Uh, Corey Davis has actually been a fairly consistent wide receiver that you didn't spend a lot of draft capital on. I've been sticking him into some DFS lineups at a cheaper price, and I never thought I'd say it because I have not been a Corey Davis supporter since he's been in the league, but I'm starting to think he's he's putting it together. Maybe the next Devontae Parker. Maybe it takes four years for some of these guys now before they get anything going. Yeah. Um, feeling, with all the injuries to Julio, Thomas, Sutton, there's a lot of people right. that are playing Corey, Corey Davis out of necessity yes. is glad they're getting something out of him. So big shout out to Corey Davis, man. All right. And then you got on the other side of that ball, um, Deontay Johnson still in concussion protocol. So we got to keep an eye on that one, but if he's good to go and again, if they play the game, even if it get moves, gets moved to Monday, I love the way Deontay Johnson has looked. So if he is okay, I definitely would feel okay playing him. Uh, and then Ben Roethlisberger has been a decent quarterback too. Uh, he's, he's been all right, but you, again, you, he may have gone undrafted in a lot of leagues because nobody was really excited about Ben Roethlisberger, but right now he is the number 12 overall quarterback in the flag league and he's been fairly consistent. So I'm okay with firing up your big Ben. If you don't have, if you're streaming or have kind of meh options, I, I'm good with big Ben. Uh, then we got Seattle at Miami. I think we may finally have the kryptonite to Russell Wilson's fantasy football numbers because they're not going to need to do much to get ahead of Miami and stay ahead of Miami. So it might be a lesser point-getting week. We might see more rushing. We might see a Carlos Hyde fantasy day. That's a guy I'm looking at. I'm going to check on Sunday for DFS and how much Carlos Hyde is because obviously Chris Carson, he had that stupid knee twist. I forget who the player was that did it, but that was a dirty play. And luckily it wasn't anything major, but Chris Carson's going to be hobbled. I don't know if he's going to be ready this week. So Carlos Hyde is a guy to look at this week. He might be cheap in DFS and you might be able to snag him up off the waiver wire right now against a not that great Miami Dolphins team. You know, I like watching them play. I like my Fitz magic and they've got a lot of young guys, but they're still not going to compete against Seattle. Is there anybody on Miami you want to play versus Seattle? Um, Alice Gaskin as in your flex, if you need something, um, and Mike Gusecki, cause I think, um, John Adams is hampered. That sounds about right. Uh, Chargers at Tampa Bay. Justin Herbert versus Tom Brady. Uh, Herbert's not been bad in the two games he started. Now, granted, it is the, at the expense of a 
freak uh, injury, we'll say, to Terod Taylor. But for the time being, Justin Herbert is the guy. He's been okay. Thankfully, he's been getting Austin Eckler the ball. But now we've got Chris Godwin not going to play for at least a week, maybe two. Justin Watson, is there anything to Justin Watson, do you think, taking a role if Scotty Miller's unable to go and Chris Godwin's not out there, or is it just going to be forcing the ball to Mike Evans and whoever the tight end on the field is? I hope we get to see Kareem Vaughn. Honestly, all the hype we heard about this <laughs> this running back that was multifaceted, I mean, I think they can get it done with what they got. I'm not. I, I don't think. I, of course, I we want to see Chris life. Godwin out there, but I mean, Mike Evans is going to have to do more than two two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that hopefully is not going to be the case because I know there's a lot of people out there that are counting on Mike Evans. He was drafted pretty high this year, and uh, by the way, thank you for the follow, Mavros Music. Appreciate that. Uh, what about the Chargers? I mean, besides Hunter Henry being a very consistent tight end, the other guys on that side of the ball, uh, granted Austin Eckler has been better with Justin Herbert on there, but Keenan Allen's been all over the place. Do you think he continues that, or do you think maybe they try and get Mike Williams more involved? You're not sitting Keenan Allen. <laughs> no, you're not. After a performance like that. Mike Williams, I'm, I'm going to see some more. I think he's... His, he came in this season with that shoulder or something, and he's going to have on and off games. You have to pick games with him, and I'm firing up all the Austin Ecklers. Oh, yeah. You have an injury on your roster. Joshua Kelly is still a play. You just saw a down tick this week, and you're going to get that with rookies, but he's special, and he's going to get the goal line carries. All right, we talked about him earlier, and just what the doctor ordered maybe – Baltimore Ravens and Hollywood Brown against the Washington football team. Lamar Jackson could use a nice bounce back game. And that is a team that could definitely give that to him. So if you're, if you're on the fence about Hollywood Brown, I'm okay. If you want to fire him up against Washington, that hopefully is one of those confidence builders to get him back going in the right direction. Mark Andrews has only had one good game so far. So maybe he gets back on the right track. But that's a guy you can't sit in any environment right now. Uh, I saw Mark Andrews. He seems to be getting targeted still. He's just maybe not getting it in the best situations, especially when the Ravens were coming, had to try and come from behind against the Chiefs. So hopefully the Washington football team is just what the doctor ordered for the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Besides anybody on the Ravens that we already play for the Washington football team, is there anybody besides Terry McLaurin that you are confident in playing against the Ravens? Um, no, I don't think I would play <laughs> anybody on the the Washington, Washington. Um, Washington even Washington. Scary Terry <laughs> facing off against probably Marlon Humphrey. Right. That team that just came off a loss. Yeah, I think I, if I had a better option than Scary Terry this week, I would move on. Anybody else in that receiver core, they don't know who they number two, number three, number four, number five is on that team. Antonio Gibson had a good week last week, but I would probably sit him against that, yeah. that Ravens defense. And thank you, Poop. <laughs> they like this get up just for you, my guy. My guy. 
Do you think that we will see a change at quarterback for the Washington football team at any point during this year? It seems like they are going to stick with Dwayne Haskins, but guess what? Everybody in the NFC East is still in the hunt for that division title. So do you think they pull him at any point and maybe give Alex Smith his comeback story? I would like to see it. Like, say if they were to get up by, like, three scores late in the fourth quarter. We all know that might not happen. Nah, probably not. But but I would love them to have him go out and um, victory f- formation, hand off a couple of times. I would love to see it again. Just, I, I just would. I can't even explain why. The only problem with that I have is there's not going to be fans in the stands to give him that standing cheering ovation like yes he got it he did it he's back out there on the football field after everything he went through it would be nice if he could do it to a standing ovation of some kind saying yes we appreciate you and you did it but either way Fans will be happy to see it. So if the crowd doesn't mean a whole lot to him, then, yeah, let's hope he gets out there for something of a comeback story. All right, we got Arizona at Carolina. Um, Carolina does not look the greatest without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, The receivers are not doing very well. Uh, Mike Davis has been fine. I actually somehow got lucky enough to pick him up in the one league that I have Christian McCaffrey in, so I wasn't missing anything too much. And then I got a trade offer. I I have to throw this out there because I I don't understand at all why this trade offer would make any sense, even as a starting trade offer, just to get talk started. I pick up Mike Davis, play him. He gets 20-plus points, like 25 points. And then somebody offers me straight up for my Mike Davis, Logan Thomas, the tight end for Washington football team. Like, I know it's a PPR or tight end premium league, but you got to be a decent tight end to make that worth it. Right. Was he, was you tight end needy on this team? I have Travis Kelsey. So. I don't know why he thinks I would want an extra tight end when I play Travis Kelsey every week. So I'm very confused. Um, I haven't responded to the offer yet. I was uh, going to look at his team maybe, and maybe it's just one of those, hey, uh, I'm getting your attention, uh, something over here, please. But I, I have a feeling the talks are not going to go very far. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, don't be that guy. So we had a little coming out party in Arizona. Andy Isabella, who before he got hurt last year, was showing signs of being one of those deep threat guys. Do you think he keeps going? Do we maybe see a, a changing of number two receivers every week for Arizona? Because DeAndre Hopkins is getting targets upon targets. We all know that. But it's going to be hard to predict who that second and third guy is for the Cardinals. Yeah, It's going to be steady Eddie with Larry Fischero. Uh, the Christian Kirk has, is Casper right now. Yeah, you, you play, play Hopkins. And what happened to Dan Arnold? I <laughs> Dan Arnold. Why are we talking about Dan Arnold? <laughs> He's a tight end for the Arizona. Oh, no. 
I wasn't talking about the actor. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, (laughs) Moving on, we have the lowly Minnesota Vikings at the Houston Texans. A couple of teams that just don't know how to win in 2020. Do we get a win out of these two teams or do we get another tie out of a winless set of teams like the Eagles and Bengals last week? Because there's a lot of offense to be had between these two teams. So somebody's got to pull out a win, don't they? Pretty much. <laughs> I love no, the enthusiasm for that one, I you guess. Could <laughs> you, could, you could tie. Oh, man. I mean, I'm hoping that we get and Adam Thielen back on track. And, yes, that is Tom in the chat. He finally was able to come and join us. Uh He's right. Bye bye, BC. Uh, yeah. I think we uh, we can we can retire that notion. Justin we, Jefferson we, we, had his we, party. We, we said that. We yeah. talked about that. <laughs> um, even Kyle Rudolph had a hell of a catch in the end zone for a touchdown. But don't expect that to happen every week. And then Houston, David Johnson had that great week one, and he's just been kind of lackluster since then. Not horrible, but not great either. And then. You don't know which wide receiver for Houston is going to be the guy. Randall Cobb was the guy this last week. It's not like you can just, yeah, yeah, I'll play Randall Cobb this week. You can't do that unless you're in a 16-team league and you're playing three wide receivers. Randall Cobb is not one of those guys that you're thinking, hmm, how do who do I bench to get Randall Cobb into my lineup? That's just not what you do in fantasy football in 2020. So do you have any faith in any wide receiver for Houston right now, even against a not very good Minnesota Vikings team? I I don't. <laughs> I don't. Their offense no. looks so <laughs> meek. Uh, I sat David Robinson for, I think, uh, somebody who did not, Joshua Kelly last week, because I think that was, did they face Pittsburgh? I was like, I said yeah. Watson for Burrow last week. Oh, wow. I, I got it. I want to see it. Yeah. It's, I got to see something. We were all hoping, We were, I'll put it this way, we were all figuring uh, at some point Will Fuller was going to get hurt. Uh, he did for one game so far. We all figured Randall Cobb was probably going to get hurt at some point, and then a guy like Kenny Stills was going to swoop in. But so far that hasn't happened, and you just have like – Four wide receivers because Brandon Cooks has been almost nothing too. Uh, their tight end uh, Darren Fells has been kind of whatever. Uh, was it Jordan Akins is the other guy? It's just it's just a bunch of bleh out there on the field for Deshaun Watson, and I can't get anybody into a lineup. Granted, uh, just like Tom, I don't want or own any Texans wide receivers except for Kenny Stills in a couple of deeper leagues just hoping one day that he'll be that you know number two wide receiver and uh, so far it hasn't happened all right we got a few more games left we got the Giants at the Rams don't have no wide receivers right now that's true and um, they don't pass the ball a ton they run the ball, so there's value to be had. Maybe not like Kareem Hunt and um, Nick Chubb value, but the, you can play. You can you you can get away rostering two 49ers back if you got the right two. But also remember, Jarek McKinnon 
is not exactly a uh, healthy running back for an entire 16-game schedule either. I mean, we'll get to him a little bit later, but I'll mention right now, I was so happy when Jordan Reed got a second chance to be the guy at tight end for the 49ers, and he goes out there and drops a touchdown pass and lands awkwardly and gets hurt, and I was just like, here we go. I thought I had something. I had him in like four (laughs) leagues, and I was like, I got to try to find a getaway to find a a way to get him into my lineup. And I did in a couple of leagues and I played him in some DFS and it just didn't quite work out. Not that he couldn't do the job, but it was just the same old Jordan Reed that we all know and love. He did something good. And then you let your guard down and here we are again. He's hurt and we don't know if we'll ever see him on the field again, especially if George Kittle comes back. Why even risk it? Um, let's see, we've had some surprises, um, well, half surprises. We all saw Daryl Henderson get some carries last year and he didn't do much with them. Now, granted, uh, one of those games was against the Eagles and we just let him go wherever he wanted to go, but he basically did the same thing against the Panthers. He averaged almost six yards a carry and a touchdown, Granted, he's not a pass-catching back, but he's almost looking like that bell cow-type running back that Todd Gurley used to be for the Rams. I'm not comparing him to Todd Gurley, don't get me wrong, but he is definitely a viable guy that you didn't have to spend a huge amount of draft capital on. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty upset. I made a mistake in a dynasty league and dropped... um, Henderson and I had Cam Akers as well I wish I can give you a name of who I dropped him for and somebody picked him up I I think I forgot (laughs) I was playing in the dynasty I think it was was it Kerryon Johnson no no, it wasn't it wasn't I think it was Darrell Williams I forget because he had that injury and I was like here we go again right but that was overreacting and I was like I got Cam Marcus uh, Brown went off and I'm like oh I guess I can (laughs) drop him now you know and then he comes back like the new Todd Gurley, which is upsetting, but yeah, that he he looks like he's the truth. Um, I don't know what to do with my Cam Akers shares. I have a lot of them. I anybody that listens to the show knows I loved Cam Akers because he, he came out of Florida State, which is one of the colleges I root for, and he's got all the talent in the world, but he has not been able to put it together behind that Rams offensive line so far, and then he gets injured. So he's going to have some time off, and then he's going to have to really work for it to get back into that lineup if Darrell Henderson keeps going the way he's going. Um, we got some other guys like Miles Gaskin, who did not cost anybody anything, but he has been a double-digit point-getting fantasy back. So if you went with that zero RB strategy and was lucky enough to get him off the waiver wire, congratulations. So far, he has been well worth it. But then you got guys like Kenyon Drake, who you had to spend at the minimum of a mid-second-round pick to try and get him on your fantasy team. Granted, he's been double digits every week, but that's not what you drafted him for. You drafted him because you saw him go off last year, and he's been getting the touches. That's the thing. Not the catches, but he's been getting the touches, and he's been getting the yards, but that's about it. And with that... Arizona team 
who, who's spreading the ball around and throwing it all over the place, you'd think there'd be more opportunities for him to get into the end zone, getting down by that goal line. He just he, he got a touchdown week one, and that's been it. What what do you think we should do with Kenyon Drake going forward? I it's, it's Kenyon Drake has always been that end of the year kind of runner. True. I'm not I'm not faltering at all. You know you're going to get your Kenyon Drake games. Um, I'm still I'm standing pat. I'm still a hundred percent. They're going to score some points. I'm I'm I, he's not Joe Mixon. No. No, Joe Mixon, where he is all the way down. And, again, he's had double-digit points every week, but he's just not doing enough with his touches. Uh, He's got uh, nine targets on the year, so averaging three a game. That's not a lot, especially if you're in a full PPR. You'd expect to get more out of him. But even Giovanni Bernard came out against the Eagles since we apparently forgot how to play football this year. Um, the only thing with Mixon is again, basically like Drake right now, they're still getting the touches. They're the guy on their team. Hopefully they can put it together. Both of those guys had good runs at the end of the year last year. So, I mean, if you've got them, I would have to say hold for right now. And maybe if they have a big week four or week five, you might be able to uh, offload them for somebody if you if you're lacking in another position, and and then there are guys that you just we just don't know like Josh Kelly for the Chargers. He he shows up and I think you even mentioned he was like, oh what's what's going on with him? He had 23 carries in week two and a couple of catches, 49 yards, and then he goes back to getting 10 total touches in. Week three and Austin Eckler, along with Justin Herbert, he finally found his game. With Terod Taylor, Austin Eckler was almost nothing. But with Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler is finally showing why you drafted him in the second round. So I'm I'm happy with Austin Eckler as long as Justin Herbert is there. But now that makes me worry about Josh Kelly being worth anything going forward. Well, you can got to look at him like a handcuff, pretty much right now. Sure. Uh, I'm still. If you're you're not, he, he you wouldn't put him in your running back slot. He was a flex as it is. He probably right. didn't cost you much, but um, no, look at him as like being a, a back. You will play in a standard league. Who plays those anymore? But cap his floor as depending on game script. Yep, that's basically it right now. Um, I guess we can move on to wide receivers. They've been all over the place, too. You've got basically Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins and then Tyler Lockett at the top of this list that have been very good for the first three weeks of the season. You can throw Stephon Diggs in there maybe a little, and Tyreek Hill has been just fine. Nothing amazing. He's been capping off a game where you thought, oh, man, Tyreek Hill didn't get nothing. And then he gets a short touchdown at the end of the game. You're like, oh, okay, he saved my week. I'm okay. Uh, guys like Keenan Allen, who all of a sudden broke out in week three, we were all drafting him in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round. He just kept falling. You can't pass up a guy like that. DK's been uh, pretty consistent. Robbie Anderson started off great, had an okay week two, and then dropped off a little bit. And that may be because of Christian McCaffrey not being there. So if you were hoping to keep putting Robbie Anderson in your lineup, 
this might be a matchup based guy going forward. Juju's been okay, nothing major. And then you got, but Deontay Johnson just is in a um, concussion protocol. I think I read. Yes. So you can gotta imagine that he's going to even get more targets. And Deontay Johnson has looked amazing to the eye test. I I was hoping you wouldn't remind me of that name because I had him in several DFS lineups on Sunday because he was. You were right, hundred percent. He's been looking amazing. That's why I had him in my DFS lineup on Sunday, and he goes out there and now is in the concussion protocol. That sucks. Uh, We all hope he gets back. But if he doesn't play this coming week, although I believe Pittsburgh is playing Tennessee, the team that we don't know about with all the COVID stuff that might get pushed off to Monday or later. (sighs) What do we tell commissioners? Like, have we even thought about this ourselves? What, What? what happens then? I I never really thought about a like single team or two team uh, instance. I was thinking more larger terms. You know, oh crap! All of a sudden, there's four teams and all the teams they played against. So my guess what would have happened then is we'd have basically had a bye week for everybody. They just pushed all the games back a week. And we'd have moved forward from gotcha. there. But if it's yeah. just a single team or two teams, uh, you would think that they would try and fit them in their other, their actual bye week. And I don't know how you can do anything but just let it go as a commissioner. It sucks. Um, because right, if you right. were planning your guys on the certain bye week, and now all of a sudden you've got more guys on the bye week that you already had planned for. It is gonna be, um, it, it's gonna be a mess. You're gonna have people that whine and complain about, well, I shouldn't have to play. I should be able to do this, and I should be able to do that. And twenty 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 twenty. Um, <laughs> I just have to say, this will be maybe the one and only time I say this about Amari Cooper, but he is probably, and I'm not saying this is great, but he is the most consistent wide receiver as far as how many points they're getting each week. It's 18, 17, 18. So right now, the way it's going, you know what to expect out of Amari Cooper. And I've never said that before because we were getting (laughs) eight-point games and then a 35-point game and then a 12-point game and then a 40-point game and then two duds in a row and then he goes off again. So right now, Amari Cooper is that guy you want getting your consistent points in your lineup, and I don't know if I'll ever say that again in my life. Tyler Boyd has looked amazing in the stat line. I always wanted to throw that in there. Tyler Um, Boyd has looked. Is he the new A.J. Green? Because A.J. Green is getting the targets, but Tyler Boyd is look like he's here to stay. What is going on with those targets from Joe Burrow to A.J. Green? Because two weeks ago, A.J. Green had 13 targets but only caught the ball three times. Is Joe Burrow forcing the ball to A.J. Green and just making bad throws, or is A.J. Green not the A.J. Green we used to know? Well, I watched, I've seen the first two games, and A.J. Green did not look as good physically in the first game and better in the second game, but the balls thrown to Boyd are a lot more catchable. It does seem that the way. the balls yes. thrown to Green. So I don't know if that's Green fault, force, or, but I can only imagine it to continue. So I'm not out on Green yet, 
but I have to start stop sitting Boyd. I've sat Boyd the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to hard to sit Boyd anymore. I mean, his week one was bad. So if you have options, you may not have put him in there for week two. And then you see a good week two, you put him in there for week three, you were good. You got 24 points out of him somewhere in there. But you're assuming eventually A.J. Green is going to have those weeks, but I'm starting to wonder if A.J. Green just is not that guy anymore, which unfortunately for the Eagles this last week, T. Higgins showed up and just walked all over us. He didn't have a ton of targets and a ton of catches, but he likes scoring touchdowns against us, and that's what matters most in fantasy football. You get those scores, you're going to have a good week. Um Then you got the Rams wide receivers, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, right next to each other in overall points. Cooper Cup has been getting better every week. Robert Woods, he, as much as it's weird, I don't know why I dislike having Robert Woods on my teams. He seems to be extremely consistent, and that's what I normally like. And I don't know what it is about Robert Woods that has turned me off, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to do a 180 on him eventually and start drafting him in some leagues next year because he he does he goes out there and does the same thing every single week and he does seem to be Jared Goff's security blanket even though Cooper Cup seemed that way a couple of years ago before he got hurt but Robert Woods is a guy that maybe you go out and trade for because he hasn't been an amazing stud but he is a guy that you can sit in your lineup and forget about him. And I like having a couple of guys like that in there. Um, And speaking of uh, inconsistent, there's guys like these rookie wide receivers out there that have been all over the place. We finally had a coming out party for Justin Jefferson in week three, even though the Vikings lost, but Justin Jefferson had 31.9 points in the flag league this last week. And I saw a breakdown, I think it was on Twitter, where they showed the rookie wide receivers, and Justin Jefferson had the most points out of the rookie wide receivers. I was like, yeah, but it was all in one week. This is like the new Amari Cooper. You don't want to have to hope that he has one of those great weeks coming up. And Kirk Cousins has been anything but reliable this year. So are we trusting Justin Jefferson going forward, or do we think Adam Thielen busts out of his little funk, even though he's been getting... Most of the targets, uh, Justin Jefferson seemed to have a um, a coming out party. I guess I'll just say that it could it could have been the defense um, being like, okay, you ain't did nothing in two weeks. We go kind of shade over a little sure. bit. He had a he had a day. <laughs> um, I hope it continues. Um, my my hot take for Ali B C Johnson has not did, went anywhere. So no. I, I man, if if moving forward, if you haven't hadn't dropped him or you have him in, in dynasty, you, you look like you got your hand yourself on a diamond. Is yeah. it, can he be the new Terry McLaurin? Because who else has it been? It yeah, there's been nobody else that can most CeeDee cons- Lamb. See, yeah, Lamb. I was just gonna he's yeah. been the most consistent rookie wide receiver, and that is because Dallas has had to just basically play that backyard ball like you were talking about. We're just throwing it up. And almost every week, all of those wide receivers or two wide receivers and a tight end like Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys have been getting a ton of fantasy points. This last week, all three wide receivers 
did well. Amari Cooper at 18, CeeDee Lamb had 17, and then Michael Gallup finally had his first big game of the season. About time. I know. I, I put I inched Michael Gallup up my list just at the very end when we updated our rankings, and I was starting to wonder, like, what is going on? I, I thought maybe he was going to be the guy because CeeDee Lamb has all those intangibles. He looked like one of the best wide receiver rookies, you know, in the draft, and I thought maybe that would open up Michael Gallup because he was still kind of just like, he's that number two guy or like a 1B to Amari Cooper, and you gotta you got to put your best guy in Amari Cooper because he's one of the better route runners in the league. And then CeeDee Lamb is just going to burn you, and Michael Gallup is just going to be kind of left alone. Well, we finally had that one week for Michael Gallup, so I hope that continues. Um, here we go. One week on, one week off. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Sammy Watkins. <laughs> if he would not have gotten a concussion, oh, uh, the shot to the head, whatever it was in week two, I would have really liked to have known if he would have had just as many targets because Sammy Watkins has had nine targets in week one and eight targets in week three. We're not used to this out of Sammy Watkins. And it's kind of scary because I don't want to trust Sammy Watkins. That's not a guy that I put trust in anymore, but I'm watching. Uh, I'm paying attention. This is one of those trends that if we can get healthy weeks in a row out of Sammy Watkins, maybe, maybe you can try putting him in your lineup. I don't know. Um, what do you think about Devonte Parker right now? I know there was a lot of people that had high hopes for him and he's just been okay. Where are you at with Devonte Parker? I don't think he's a hundred percent healthy. He did that. Offense can be up and down. I have to see the, the Dolphins put some more points on the board to see what their trends is sure. as a team. Um, there's little to no running game. Miles Gaskins is what is he doing at all in pretty much in the passing game until they get some some kind of stability. You can't really fairly grade him, and I think he's going to get stronger as the year goes on. Preston Williams is coming back from that injury. They do have Isaiah Ford that's making a little bit of noise. A little bit. Um, here here's the big one. Chris Godwin. While he has been on the field, he's been good. But he is recovering now from a hamstring injury he suffered versus the Broncos. Um, It sounds like he has an outside chance of playing in week five, but the Buccaneers are scheduled to play the Bears two Thursdays from now, so that hurts his chances of getting on the field. Um, Scotty Miller is batting, battling his own injuries. He was kind of a, ooh, a little diamond in the rough. Uh, Justin Watson is now going to be put in there. I'm starting to wonder about that offense a little bit. Mike Evans with him and Chris Godwin on the field at the same time, that's an amazing duo. But so far they haven't been able to stay on the field at the same time, and I'm wondering if the value for those guys is just going to plummet. I think um, Chris Godwin to be back in a couple of weeks with Mike Evans, OJ Howard, and Rob Gronkowski. Right. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna do something with that that trio. They have to. They still have a bruising back in Fournette, Jones. They have McCoy. They'll be all right. 
I think I think OJ Howard might want to. You see what Gronk did? He he upticked this week. I think there's going to be a lot more of that. They'll they'll fi- they'll work it out with Bruce Arians how to get it done over there. I think it seems like Tom Brady's starting to kind of click a little bit more. They definitely did look a lot better this week, even though a couple of their guys went down with some injury bugs there. Uh, now we got to talk about some some disappointment because there's a couple of guys here that you got in decent spots and DJ Shark. <coughs> well, Sorry. yeah, no. Sorry. I was already Kitty called the new DJ Shark. <laughs> yeah, right. I had, to th- I had to beat you to the punch a little bit. I did <laughs> wanted to say something about a wide receiver, but you're probably going to bring it up cuz I forgot. Go ahead. Two guys right here back to back scored almost exactly the same amount of points. One very disappointing week. Uh, for Tom in our expensive leagues, I'm talking about Emmanuel Sanders, who's been very meh, especially the first week that Michael Thomas was out. Emmanuel Sanders had three targets, one catch, 18 yards. Yes, he had a touchdown this last week against the Packers, but he's not getting targets like I thought he would from Drew Brees. Manny Sanders is a guy that can get open, and Drew Brees is one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. What's going on between those two? Why Why is it not clicking? I, I, I The Monday night game, I got a chance to look at some a lot of the game, and then last week, uh, the week before too as well. If you look at Drew Brees' balls, they're all... But wait, back up. <laughs> wait. Uh, <laughs> all right. Try that again. At his throws, <laughs> they're all they're all catching them on the ground. They're barely getting to the wide receivers. Now that I mentioned this, when you go back and look, all Taquan Smith, I was I was hopeful for him with right. Michael Thomas being out. I have him in a league that I took seven I took Michael Thomas second overall. <laughs> and um yes, so if you look at it. He's hopefully he'll get better. I don't know if it's a timing thing, no preseason and whatnot, but that arm strength, watch what I, I'm saying though. All the balls are short or low to the ground. It could be placement to, away from the defender or some way, something like that that Breeze is doing. But I, when you look at it, they're short. I do think there is something there. I think there's also something in this offensive game plan that is hindering that offense as a whole. I believe between Drew Brees and Taysom Hill, each of them have only attempted like one deep pass so far in three games. That's not good to open up those underneath routes to guys like Emmanuel Sanders. They're not even going deep to Traquan Smith right now, and they don't have uh, their Michael Thomas to run the perfect routes. I mean, him and Drew Brees were just, they're just always in sync. And there's something going on with that offense. It's just not great. I mean, what are the the Saints one and two? Uh, they it's, lost it's to the early. It is it's still it early. Is. And and maybe when they come, Thomas comes back, he can take all that short stuff and it'll open up the deep stuff. I, I could because Kamara is doing his thing. Oh, Kamara know. is a godsend right now for those people right. that were picking at four and five that were like. Oh, I'm not going to get one of the big running backs. I guess I'll have to settle for Alvin Kamara. And now guess what? You are leading the pack, and you are happy as all hell. But there's another wide receiver we got to talk about. He started off with an okay week one, and he has just plummeted since then, and that is Marquise Hollywood Brown. 
there's a lot of people that had a lot of high hopes for Marquise Brown, and he's had six targets every week, but he has done something different with those six targets each week. He had five catches for 101 in week one, five catches for only 42 yards in week two, and only two catches for 13 yards against the Chiefs on Monday night. So granted, yes, it was not a good game for the Ravens overall against the Chiefs, but Marquise Brown is not doing what everybody wanted to do because he was what he was getting taken in what fifth and sixth rounds. This is not what you were expecting. And guys like Jarvis Landry taken in those same spots. He has done almost nothing. He is averaging like nine points a game in PPR, maybe not even. It's getting to be uh, I'm not in panic mode on some of these guys yet. But these trends are not headed in the right direction. And, and that's why we're doing this show is show you the trends. And we are hoping that this is a basically the preseason. So we'll continue watching these things. Uh, but we got to point them out. And there's a lot of guys that you might have to start taking out of your lineups in the next week or so if they cannot improve, you know, guys like, Jarvis Landry and Hollywood Brown. If you don't see them putting up numbers again, you got to look at other options. I know somebody, a trend that I like seeing. All right. How, how about the Lizard King, Alan Lazard? Well, you think this is sustainable? You know, he's had played one good game with um, Devontae Adams, and he's played another good game without him. What's your take on the Green Bay receiver? Well, I, I listen to certain players out there when they speak and guys like Aaron Rodgers have been trying to praise these guys for the last couple of years they're getting better and Aaron Rodgers has basically come out of hibernation to start doing amazing things again for this Green Bay Packers team and I believe that there's a lot of confidence in those guys right now, they just put up 37 points on the Saints without Devontae Adams and without Aaron Jones going off for a ton. I I think that Alan Lazard is a decent flex play from here on out. If not having to put him, if you're in a three wide receiver league, I have no problems putting Alan Lazard in that wide receiver three spot or a flex right now. Yeah, I agree. All right, we got one position left, and then we'll talk about the uh, coming week's games. And that position is tight end, and I don't know about you, but it feels like, oh, hey, you just put a host on there, but we got to listen to the sound anyway. Woo. Um, <laughs> anyway, tight ends. I don't know about you. All right, I got to let it go. It's too loud. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I forgot. And I forgot the, re- the consequences of me doing that. That's all right. No big deal. I love to hear it. So, um, all right, let's get back on to my thought. I don't know about you, but it almost has felt like tight ends were a little overpowered in the first three weeks of the season, but then I'm looking at the points, and it's not really matching up that way. I think they just had a few really good games out of tight ends here and there to make it look like uh, that tight ends were doing much better than they actually were because you're you're looking at guys like Darren Waller who had that amazing week two, went off for 30 points, 
guys like Mike Kosicki, who had an amazing week two, guys like Tyler Higby, who had an amazing week two, and have not put back-to-back games in these three games uh, so far. But they're at the top of the list in the top five, six guys in overall points scored. But if you had them in your lineups all three weeks, you may not have been very successful. Whereas if you had guys like Hunter Henry, who's just doing what he needs to do, 12, 15, 12, okay, good enough. And then obvious guys like Travis Kelsey, who are still leading the way. Guys like Janu Smith. I know there was a lot of Janu guys out there who waited and waited and waited. And I liked Janu Smith, but I hadn't seen enough from him up until this year, obviously. Uh, and then my guy, Noah Fant, uh, I'm liking what I see out of him. And we will get to the Broncos as soon as we start our matchups because they are in the Thursday night game. So I won't go too much into detail on Fant here. But then we got guys in the top 10 like Jimmy Graham coming back from the dead. I think what did, I wish I had a breakdown of how many targets he got from Mitch Trubisky and how many targets he got from Nick Foles, but he had 10 targets and two touchdowns in week three against the Falcons. Wow. Is anybody even playing Jimmy Graham? I mean, was he even on rosters in most of these leagues? I, I don't, I can't say that I would have ever thought about Jimmy Graham in this situation. Do you have any Jimmy Graham shares network? Not in 24. Um, no, um, Hollywood Brown, no Jimmy G. I meant to say that earlier. Okay. But yeah, I have not in a single league. All right. What about Mo Alley Cox? Uh, Jack Doyle gets hurt, and then even he comes back, and they both play. But Mo Alley Cox, I had heard this name for a couple of years now, and I liked him, but I didn't really know much about him. And now I'm hearing he was a late bloomer. He tried some basketball stuff, and he was just having a tough time learning that tight end position. But it seems like he's starting to learn it very quickly this year. And we all know Philip Rivers likes his tight ends. That's why I was liking Jack Doyle up until this point. Maybe we're going to have to switch gears and put that uh, on us on Mo Alley Cox. Um, it's weird to say that name so many times in a row, but what do you think about Mo Alley Cox? He's, he's been a name that's been around for a long time now. I'm glad he's getting the opportunity. I have yet to see him. So I I have very little, little opinion about him. I do like uh, Mike Kosecki, though. He's not doing any blocking, and he's going (laughs) to... Yes, he is no blocking. (laughs) um, A high percentage of snaps. I'm not sure if he's leading the tight, but he's out there a lot. But uh, Mo Ali Cox, I've I've heard people rave about him. You just I don't know. It was Daniel Jones versus Jared Goff, and a whole bunch of whatever out of the Giants. I was hoping Darius Slayton was going to be the guy. He has not exactly been the guy. He had that great first week, and then the Giants have just sucked absolute. Ugh ever since Saquon Barkley got hurt, and really even before he got hurt. Um, Devonta Freeman is there, Wayne Gall. Like, I don't have confidence in anybody on the Giants right now. And 
as far as the Rams go, fire them all up against the Giants. I don't care who you got. Just put them out there. Is there anybody that you wouldn't play for the Rams against the Giants? I mean, obviously you're going to play Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. Are you confident enough in Tyler? Are you confident in a certain running back? Is it going to be Darrell Henderson again? Is it going to go back to Malcolm Brown? I think they're going to ride the hot hand. You know, they want it. Malcolm Brown is who he is. He's an insurance policy. He's um, old old man river walk. He's not that old either, actually. Um, But they want somebody that's dynamic like Gurley. Not to say you're going to get games out of Malcolm Brown like that from time to time, but... They want to strike fear into the defense, and Malcolm Brown isn't necessarily going to be that guy. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, speaking of striking fear, we've got Cam Newton versus Patrick Mahomes, a rejuvenated Cam Newton versus the billion-dollar baby Patrick Mahomes. Do you have any predictions, not fantasy-wise, but just in this game in general? Do you think? Bill Belichick has what it takes with this new look Patriots team to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, it looks like it's Bill Belichick. <laughs> and yep. in the first beginning of that game, it didn't look like Kansas City was as sharp as they normally was. I think it's going to be a an interesting game in the fact that you know Belichick is going to try to eat the clock up and run the ball. We did not mention during the running back portion anything about Rex Burkett. Nope. Damon Harris <laughs> may be coming back soon. James White is going to come back, and they're going to feature him. You know they are. Um, I don't know if, it go, if it's going to be this week, but everyone, do not drop James White. No. Our hearts go out to his family and what he's going through. Sure. But just how this organization is ran, when he's come back, he's going to be, why do you guys think Rex Burkhead performed like the way he did? He was playing for James. Mm-hmm. You know, all of them are playing for James. They're going to take that energy into Kansas City. Or where are they playing? I believe it is uh, at Kansas City. So so I'm, I'm actually just excited to see that game as um, the Ravens game we just seen. Here is a good one, especially for you. Next game. Well, before we move on, um, is there, do you have faith in Nikhil Harry? He's been okay. Um, But Cam Newton is not the guy that can support multiple wide receivers for very many weeks in a row. He's going to get his rushing. He's going to get Julian Edelman the ball, and they're going to hand the ball off a lot. But going forward, how do you feel about Nikhil Harry as maybe a flex option? I have him on my team. I am never going to drop him. I'm gonna, hopefully, I'm going to be able to insert him at some point of the season, and he'll be able to give us a T. Higgins week. Sure, um, that could happen. But um, Cam, he's going to be like, they're like the San Francisco East. They're going to figure out a way to run the ball yep. with their quarterback and with their plethora of backs and try to use a, a patchmate defense that worked well against the Raiders. You know, they're, they're going to take away from what you want. And it's going to be, I mean, want to do, and that's going to be hard with Kansas City. But I think Cam has got something to prove out here. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. 
Um, I like Demir Bird. I think he's on the Patriots. Yes. He looks the part. Yes. You are 100% correct about that. I have him in one deep league that I started off well and I thought I was going to do horrible. Now I'm 500 because we played double headers the first three weeks of the season, and I don't know if I want to try and win in that league or sell off assets for the future. But I do have Demir Bird in that particular league. Here's the one that I wanted to ask you about. And it is one that is going to prove a lot of points one way or the other. Are the Raiders for real or are the Bills for real? It's in Las Vegas, but Josh Allen is one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league. But the Raiders are a surprising team so far. They didn't have a great game against the Patriots, but we will give Bill Belichick that one. What do you think your odds are for those Raiders against the Bills? I think... The Raiders are going to have to decide for themselves who they are. The Bills are who know are pretty much pretty much sound in saying who they are. The Raiders' defense is atrocious, and now with the injuries to Ruggs and Edwards, we're pretty much in the same situation we was in last year with Terrell Williams being hurt right. again this again. year. There is no weapons, so you're just going to throw to Darren Waller all day and run Josh Jacobs into the ground. There, I mean, if there's no other options at some point in the game, in a point in the game where you want your offense tiring out the defense, you can't because your offense is tired. We need Trent Brown, the offensive lineman, to come back with his calf injury. There's no a pro bowler. Richie Incognito is not there. He's out with an Achilles injury. Our free agent middle linebacker has yet to play yet. Um, there was when the last week in the Monday night game, I did not know Abrams when he ran into that television court. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. He cracked he his collarbone. Tw- yes. And he's still playing. He, th- this um, guy does that. Abrams did that last year. I think in the beginning of the season, he had some injury mm-hmm. that he played through the rest of that game. Then they're like, uh, dude, we got to shut you down for a little bit, mm-hmm. man. You messed yourself up. So this, that is a tough as nails guy. But at the same time, now, this one wasn't particularly his fault, but his play style does not do well to stay in football games eventually. The, that body is going to wear down as good of a player as he is. I mean, he's got to slow down a little bit. But you can say the same for Josh Jacobs in that workload. That's true. 29 That's true. <laughs> um, touches in week one. He had something like 23 carries in week two. 27. And 27 and then what did he just have 19 carries he had 19 touches yep 19 touches it's just like and then waller goes with 13 catches how many targets did he have i think only had 14 i think i'm i i don't know but that is not you need henry ruggs you need brian edwards you need hunter renfro to make that sustainable those long drives you just can't give it off to two people all game so we're going to see what the raiders defense is going to do at home because they just pretty much just whiffed this this last week but this is going to be this is going to show who's for real that's going to answer the question because they got a guard um digs brown kind of what happened to brown last week did he come out and then sit down for the rest of the game uh i think a, i mentioned to you i was like i think i'm gonna yes. sit down. Yeah, I was, and I, then he played but i wish i, I played him I wish I sat him. Yeah, he had two targets, so he was on the field at least to start the game. But I think after they went up so much, they probably decided to shut him down, and then they kind of lost that lead. And I don't know if they put him back out there and he just didn't get targets or or how that game played out. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping – 
he battled a calf injury is what was going on uh, with him. He exited with a calf injury. Um, I guess it's just basically going to be monitoring his practice reports this week to see where he is. But if he's in the lineup, I'm, I'm getting him in my fantasy lineup because he has been very consistent with Josh Allen at quarterback and definitely keep firing up your Josh Allens. I don't care what the defense is this year. Josh Allen is the man. Obviously, Diggs and maybe a little bit of Cole Beasley, especially if John Brown is out. And then there's that question. Is the tight end for real? Is Tyler Croft for real? I'm not going to put him in this week. (laughs) Well, well, defense ain't for real yet. That's the thing. Everybody realized they got a tight end. Right. Uh, (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Then... We have Philadelphia at San Francisco, a couple of teams that have lost half their team to injuries in one form or another. Philadelphia and San Francisco both without a bunch of wide receivers, both of them without a tight end. This could be a terrible, terrible game to watch, and I'm going to be captivated the whole way because I'm hoping somehow, some way, we pull out of this funk after the Eagles and Doug Peterson didn't even try the field goal at the end of the game in overtime to try and win that. We settled for a tie game. Granted, we're only a half game out of first place, but that is the only positive thing that I can bring out of the Philadelphia Eagles after three weeks is, guess what? The rest of our division sucks, so it's not over yet. We got time to turn it around. That being said... There's only about one guy. Well, okay. There's two guys on the Eagles that I'm willing to play. Miles Sanders looks amazing. Uh, he, he could deal with uh, another touchdown or two thrown in the mix and maybe a few more catches that aren't terrible screen plays that Carson Wentz, for whatever reason, has forgotten how to throw a screen pass. And Zach Ertz, obviously, you're going you're gonna to fire up in every league. But No Greg Ward? it's just too inconsistent for me. If you don't have much of an option, I'm not afraid of Greg Ward, but at the same time, he's not a scary wide receiver. Like they're not going to, Ooh, Greg Ward's on the field. We better double him. No, they got decent enough defense where Greg Ward probably won't be much of a factor. That being said, who are we playing on San Francisco? Is there anybody, I mean, if Mostert is back, obviously you're going to get him in the lineup and you're probably playing Jarek McKinnon one way or the other, but is there anybody else? If Kittle comes back, obviously, is there a wide receiver? Uh, I mean, Ayuk had what, a rushing touchdown this last week. I don't like anybody I see on San Francisco enough to get him into my fantasy lineup. Well, Kittle could have went last week, but they were concerned about the field, I hear. And he already was dealing with a sprained knee, so they were just like, we're not even play play that game. Brendan Ayuk, hey, what happened to Dante Pettis? (laughs) But anyway, I digress. Uh I think if Mostert plays and they have a willing, able Jerry McKinnon and a Jeff Wilson, I know Coleman isn't going to play. I don't think Mostert, you're going to see Mostert get 
a ton of snaps. He'll probably come set the pace. It is the Eagles, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think if they were happy, happen to get a lead, I can see him coming out and Jeff Wilson taking those snaps with Jerry McKinnon. So be careful about the mustard. Uh, uh, it was kind of strange that he got pulled from that game when he did. Right. And I didn't see it when it happened, but I'm, I would probably wait till next week because this game might be in the bag early. <laughs> no offense. Uh, and then you want to kind of. But, uh, yeah, wide receiver-wise, uh, Kittle, 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 look and see what they do with Ayuk. They're not going to pass it a ton. But hold up. Nick Mullins is a different quarterback That's true. than Jimmy G. If, if – can we – actually have a a valid quarterback controversy coming up from a quarterback that was in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I uh, got a message. <laughs> <laughs> could we could we possibly be looking at a a valid quarterback controversy here soon? Mm. And the, the, the Niners is known for losing your job for to an injury. That's true, but they've paid a lot of money for Jimmy G. So uh yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. It's, it's, okay. No, no. Okay. Well, that's all we plan. Kittle <laughs> and uh, McKinnon. If Moster sits out, play Jeff Wilson. Right. And if you Moster plays, be careful. All right. We got one game left. They played on Sunday night this last week. They're gonna play on Monday night this week. We're talking about A.A. Ron and the Green Bay Packers versus Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons who don't know how to finish a game whatsoever. This could be a nice high-scoring game. It's in Green Bay, but there's a lot of offense to go around. We're hoping for Devontae Adams back. I'm still good with Alan Lazard. You're obviously playing Aaron Jones. Uh we're hoping Julio's back too. I mean, this could be one of those games where you you if there were fans in the stands, you'd buy tickets because I want to see Devontae Adams versus Julio Jones. And now there's a possibility both of them could be sitting on the sidelines again. That would suck to watch on TV. You're like, well, at least there's a little bit of Calvin Ridley. And, well, uh, if you're a Packers fan, you know all your guys, Alan Lazard and Marcus Velasquez. Like, you're rooting for them, but it's not the same atmosphere. But I'm still okay with Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. Either one of them, they've been scoring decent. Tight end-wise, uh, Hayden Hurst might be one to look at. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he can get on track. Todd Gurley is Todd Gurley. If you drafted him, you're not sitting him. But other than that, is there anybody that you're going to try and sneak into the lineup, like a, a Russell Gage, if he's healthy? I think he actually may have had a little bit concussion. of an injury, too. Is it a concussion? Yeah. I think it was. Head injury, I think I, I read. Uh, let's see. Done for day. What did it say about him? Yeah, it says head injury, expected to have a concussion. Yeah, there, there's not much left. If it's just Calvin Ridley out there next week, that could be a very bad day for the Falcons. Yeah, and even Calvin Ridley. Yeah, it, all around. Uh, definitely would not be wanting to stick a guy like that into a DFS lineup if that's all they had. Uh, and, of course, there's there's arguments for both ways. Well, if that's all they have, then he's going to get all the targets. But at the same time, 
maybe he just gets double and triple covered and nobody else is good enough to get open. So however you want to feel about that one. With that uh, Packers team and how hot they are, I can see they say, okay, everybody else beat us. That's true. Care. We'll just exactly. take out. Exactly. Really. All right. I would attack it. And on a, um, Lazard, yes, Williams, yep. No Brian Hill for you on the Atlanta side? Nah. I think he got some touches last week. He did get a few touches. He got uh, a nice long run for a touchdown, so he snuck that one in there. If he would have gotten tackled anywhere inside the 10, he probably would have gotten taken off, and Todd Gurley would have banged that one in for a touchdown. But All right, we made it. Uh, we made it through all of week four's matchups, and uh, here we are. We're going to keep watching these trends, and I, like I said, in another week or two, we're going to find some nice trade options, some guys to target that may have had a tough first few weeks of the season, and some guys that might make your team just a little bit better just to get yourself to do a push into the playoffs. So I thank the network for being with us. Go check him out on Twitch as well at twitch.tv slash the network one the the with two threes we appreciate it thanks for being here uh good luck in week four uh we'll hopefully be around on sunday to give you some search sit uh, inactive active all that good stuff but until then uh, don't forget to stay fueled up for week four